So I had an interesting experience. Um, I'm going to invite you on a journey with me today, okay? <laughs> We're going to go up the mountain of the Lord together. That's where his fire is. But I had an interesting experience. Of, um, Connor asked me a couple of weeks ago just to share today. So I've been prepping, and then um, halfway through the week, I get a message from our very good friend, Grant. And he says, hey, Ben, can you preach on being strengthened in the Lord? <laughs> I'm like, I've been prepping for three weeks. <laughs> um, but what was so interesting is when I started looking into that, it all tied up. It was amazing. It all just tied up. Everything tied up. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. So I'm going to start in 1 Samuel where that saying is famous. We're going to take it from there. So 1 Samuel chapter 30, and just to give you some background, David's been running away from Saul for quite a long time. He decides to escape to um, the Philistines, to their land, and Saul decides to leave him alone. But now all of a sudden there's this big battle coming up, and David wants to join the Philistines, and he's right at the back, and they start getting a bit skittish because they think maybe he's going to turn on them, so they, they send him home. Um, the crazy thing about this battle is this is the battle where Saul and his son dies. This is the battle just before David becomes king. But this is what happens. So David and his men go back home. And when they get there, everything is burnt. Everything is gone, including their wives and their children. Probably the most precious possession. It's gone. And this is what it says um, in verse 4. Or let me go to verse 3. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. It's quite tense. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed because the men were, taking, were talking of stoning him. Each was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. He has the key. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And they go on to win the battle against these guys, get everything back, plus more. They got plunder and everything. And the very next scene, David becomes king. Incredible. His response is also quite incredible. He didn't go, why, Lord? Why did this happen to me? What did I do wrong? This problem's too big for me. Like, life is just over. I can't handle it. He didn't do that. He found strength in the Lord, his God. And that's what we're called to do. That's a good response. So let's, let's get some insights. How do we actually respond in that way? I think David gave us a couple of keys. He wrote the Psalms. So this guy who's saying, I found strength in the Lord, wrote a couple of Psalms. So let's, let's read some of them. So I'm going to read out of the King James Version. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> Just one chapter, okay? Um, Psalms 138. Now, I've 
looked at the psalm in about five different translations, and they actually all say it slightly different. So just bear with me. Um, but there's something key that I found in the King James that I just want to focus on. I'll praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods, I'll sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For, thy, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, when I cried, thou answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Ye, they shall sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thy salt, thy shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsaketh not the work of thine own hands. I think that pretty much summarizes finding strength in the Lord, eh? But what really stood out to me was in verse 2 where he says, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And I struggled with that for a bit. And like I say, different versions say different things. But this sounds like, Lord, are you saying your word is more important or magnified above your name? And when I dived in deeper, I was like, okay, so he's saying his promises stand stronger than his own glory or renown or who he is, his word and what he speaks. But then something else hit me. Who's the word? Jesus. Jesus. He is the beginning of everything. He is everything happening right now and he's the end of everything. He is everything. Even here, the word. Exalted above anything else is Jesus. And that is where you're going to find your strength. That is where you're going to find your strength. So I'm going to go back to the NIV. Thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> Real English. <laughs> so just looking at the story about David, there was actually a victory after that. And I mean, if you're weeping so much that you lose all your strength, this is an intense situation. But there was a major victory afterwards. And I realized that every problem that you face does actually come with a promise and it comes with provision. And both of those are still Jesus. So I'm going to read you from Genesis. I'm going to go to Genesis 49 verse 10. And this is when Jacob is blessing his sons, the 12 tribes, and he speaks of Judah, and he says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes 
to whom it belongs, and the obedience of nations is his. If you look at, there's a note at the bottom, well, in the NIV, it says, or until Shiloh comes, or until he comes to whom tribute belongs. Shiloh is another name for Jesus. It means a gift. It means a promise. Jesus is that gift. Jesus is that promise. If we go to another verse in Genesis 22, This is where Abraham gets tested. And we all know the story. He gets called up a mountain. He's got to sacrifice his son. And he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it. But on that mountain, the angel stops him. And there's a ram caught in the bush. And Abraham says, he calls that mountain the place the Lord will provide. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Thank goodness he went up the right mountain, hey? <laughs> Listen to what the Lord's saying. Which mountain are you climbing up? There's so many mountains. I've read up so many mountains, so much fire, and I'm going to go through all of them. But listen and obey what the Lord says. If there's a mountain in your life that shouldn't be there, what does Jesus say? Tell it to get thrown to the sea. But there's another mountain. He says to John and Peter, walk up with me. They walk up a mountain. And what happens? Transfiguration. Which mountain is the Lord calling you up? And it's beautiful. I mean, um, so much about mountains Moses, the burning bush, Mount Sinai, he's up in that mountain. I looked for Mount Sinai, other places in the Bible, and there's like a little bit of it, and then it turns into Mount Horeb. So they call it the same sort of name, Sinai, Horeb, same sort of thing. But it's interesting how many people went up Mount Horeb. Moses saw the burning bush. A little while later... He's got the Israelites with him. He's back up Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. The whole mountain is on fire. Moses is inside. Aaron's inside. Joshua comes with him. Everybody else is too scared. They're on the outside of the mountain. They can't even touch it. They're going to die. But how could Moses go inside the mountain? He knew God face to face. We get to do the same thing. We get to see Jesus face to face, the all-consuming fire. We get to go into that mountain. We get to go into that mountain. I want to go to something that we've been reading over the last few weeks <clears throat> about Elijah. Connor was talking about Elijah going up the same mountain of the Lord. We heard the still, soft voice. <clears throat> That's also Mount Horeb, same place. But if you just go a little bit earlier on in the story, here's Elijah, he's actually coming from a victory. So David was a little bit different. David was going into his victory. Here Elijah just came from killing all the prophets of Baal. He's just had a victory, 
And then Ahab threatens him and he gets the fright of his life and he's stressed out and worried. Um, and it just makes me think of another song. Where does my help come from? I look to the hills. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's Jesus. Let's go up that mountain. So Elijah flees to Horeb. That's in 1 Kings 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. So Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. At least David didn't pray that prayer. He could have. Just kill me now, Lord. Everything's gone. But this is what Elijah's going through. Lord, just take my life. I've had enough. I can't, I can't handle this. He actually says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no, med- no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Just remember, he's a day's walk in the desert, so there's no food there, actually. And he looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Who's the bread of life? Who's got everlasting water that you never thirst? Thank you very much, Jesus. There's Jesus right there. Prophetically, there's Jesus right there. But this is what really struck me. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb the mountain of God. That's one cake of bread and one glass of water. Has anybody here tried to fast for 40 days? Has anybody here tried to walk in the desert for 40 days? This is being strengthened by the Lord. You need Jesus. With Jesus, you can do anything. This is... Even in the natural, I'm not just talking about the spiritual. This was natural. He was walking through a desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He had been strengthened by the Lord. There's nothing you can face that is too much for God to handle. There's nothing that you can face where you can go, Lord, just take my life. I can't do it anymore. I know. I'm sure we've all felt like that. But he can handle it. You've got to strengthen yourself. In the Lord. That means you've got to trust Him. That means you've got to be patient. That means you have to have some hope. You've got to hope and know and trust that God knew this was going to happen and He's got a promise and provision for that. 
don't give up. Actually be joyful. It's like, thank you, Lord. Not that he brought it, but thank you, Lord, that you've got a solution for me. Thank you, Lord, that when I get through this valley of the shadow of death, I get through it. I don't stop in the middle. I get through it. I get to the other side. And when I'm at the other side, I've got a testimony so strong that I carry authority in that area now. I have power in that area now. If I've been healed from cancer, I'll lay hands on you and you'll be healed from cancer. He's done it for me. I can share that with you. If I've been in so much debt, true story, so much debt takes years and years of running away from banks, phoning, of the sheriff landing up at your house trying to take your furniture. Thank goodness it wasn't your house. It was your dad's. And he pretended he didn't know where you stay. Praying, saying, Lord, I want to be debt free before I get married. A month before I get married, cleared. Going through that journey to a place now where finances don't bother me, whether I have lots or little, doesn't actually matter because I've seen what he can do. It's not in my hands. It's his strength, and I rely and trust on him. If I'm struggling financially, what I do, I actually give my money away. Because that's me showing the Lord, I trust you. Not this 2,000 rand left in my account. I'll put it in your hands. You can make it happen. So we praise God and we thank God in every situation that we face. Because He's our strength. He's our solution. He gives us the provision. He has a promise. We can trust and rest and rely in Jesus. Let me see if I can read some more scripture here. Here we go. Psalm 31, verse 23. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Hope can mean wait, be patient, tarry, trust. The Lord can be Jesus, provision, promise fire, pretty much everything. Jesus really is everything. He's the root of Jesse. He's the vine. He's the branch. He's the first fruits. Man, Jesus is everything.
Who wants more of Jesus? So do I. <laughs> you know, this week, Celeste and I, we had a friend of ours um, who was giving birth to a baby and the baby died. The heart stopped beating. And um, you look at that situation. My wife is so strong. She's like, that baby's in heaven, you know. It's beautiful. It's in such a good place. And there's me, and I'm just weeping. Eh? Like, it like hit me. How does somebody cope if that happens? How do you, how do you get through that? But you, you can't go, why me, Lord? You can't do that. Don't even ask why. Because God is good, and that's all you need to know. He is good. God is good. In whatever, no matter what happens. He says, all th- He works all things out for the good, in the end, for those who love Him and are called for His purposes. So if it's not good, it's not the end. <laughs> He is good. We can trust Him. We can love Him. We can rely on Him. He loves us. I had a picture of just the prodigal son. And some of us, I mean, I know the prodigal son's about a guy who leaves his family, uses up his inheritance, and then he's destitute and doesn't have anything left, you know. And I always saw that as, you know, that's the unsaved person coming back to Jesus. But I think sometimes a Christian can live their life like that too, you know? We just pursue the wrong thing. We love Jesus, but we're pursuing the wrong thing. We're trying to find our hope and our strength and all that in the wrong place. But the beauty of it is when we turn around and we come to our right mound and we say, let's just go back home. Let's just go back to Jesus as a servant. That's like below the value. You're not a servant. You're a son. You're a daughter. But this is the way you think. And you're stinky and you're dirty. You've been with pigs. You've been, you wanted to even eat the pig food. I mean, this is bad. And you come walking back to your father. And what does he do? He runs. I was thinking, I'd be running. He's like, yeah, but you only run halfway because I'm going to meet you halfway. And I'm going to run the other half. And he runs. And he embraces the son, the stinky, dirty, big star. He hasn't cleaned himself up yet. He didn't say, just go have a shower quickly. And he takes him, he's dirty. And he gives him a kiss. And he robes him and he puts a ring on him and he puts sandals on him and says, let's have a party. That's where the balloons come from. (laughs) Let's have a party. Let's feast. This morning we feasted on the wine. Are we feasting on the bread? But let's just have a feast. That is our God. That is how good He is. No matter what pigsty environment you might find every now and then in your life, you can come running straight back into His arms and He'll come running and He'll give you a big kiss and a big hug 
And he'll put that robe on you and that ring on you and those sandals on you and you can feast with him. That's our God. He is good. He is good. No matter what happens, you can lose a loved one. You can lose a baby. You can lose a parent. But God is still good. We need to know that. That's where we find our strength to carry on. 40 days, 40 nights in the desert and you just had one bite of bread and one sip of water but it's powerful. I really thought this would take 40 minutes. You know, there's people out there that have seen miracles and miracles and miracles, but haven't experienced some of them themselves. But that's just taking you closer, one step closer to what the Lord has for you. You just got to carry on hoping and trusting and being strengthened and strengthened and strengthened. We're going to live for eternity with Him in heaven. I think He's kind of got to prepare us a little bit before we get there. Okay, so no, wob- no wobbles in heaven. Eh? You just can wobble a bit down, yeah. But every time you come out stronger and stronger and stronger. So, yeah, I'm who wants more of Jesus? You want to stand if you want more of Jesus?